it is an interesting thing to think about one's life and um, the colleagues that I have had the opportunity to be with. Susan Hunt is here. We know each other from camp, and um, I'm going to mention that a little while um, as I'm bringing um, the message to you, but it is um, great how life intersects with, with folks who have been meaningful to us in so many ways. I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel if you're able. Um, I'm reading John 15, 9 through 17. I'm also adding 15, 5 right at the beginning as a little extra. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will produce much fruit. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No greater one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I've called you friends, because I've made known to you everything that I've heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I'm giving you these commands that you love one another. You may be seated. So, have you ever had the occasion to realize that you were saying something, maybe an expression or maybe a word that you might not really know what it means. I realize in my life I have done this on occasion. Do you know that I was about 35 years old before I knew a Chester drawer was not anything? I saw the words chest of drawers written out and it was like a Eureka, chest of drawers. That's a Chester drawer. There are so many things in my life that it's taken me, and again, sometimes I'm a little behind, but there are so many things in my life that it's taken me a minute to put together and to figure out, oh, that's what that means. I have these epiphanies all the time where I sometimes try not to let on that I don't know and just go along and say, well, sure, I know what you're talking about. I was thinking, again, about being here with you and about what I wanted to say to you, and in a little bit, I'm going to explain an expression that I didn't know what it meant, but I'm going to give you a little background first. A little bit about me. Something you need to know. I am a camp person. Now, I don't mean a tent meeting revival person. Those are great, and I so bless folks to go to tent revival meetings. I was a summer camp person. I learned so much there. I learned about the great connection of the United Methodist Church. I was under the tutelage of ministers and laypersons, um, diaconal ministers, elders, who would come to camp and who would teach us and who would play with us and who would pray with us. It was amazing. I was mostly under the tutelage of one Nina Reeves, who was the person in charge of youth ministry for the North Alabama Conference and Camp Sumatonga for the teens. She was so good 
at helping us determine what our gifts were. And I think I stumped her. I think I stumped her all the time. Until when I was about 15, she figured out something about me. So, if you've ever been to camp or to Bible school or worked with children or maybe teens, you know there's this fun singing we do. Now, fun singing can be religious in nature, as you know. It could just be silly. My poor son knows that I have like about a five-note range. So if I ever get up to lead a song and say, Miles, get your guitar, he's trying to find my key, and it isn't one at all. But that's okay, because I can do emotions. And this is what Nana figured out about me. I realized she'd be looking for me in the assembly hall at what they call the pool camp. Where's Pam? Where's Pam? It's kind of how she talked. Come on up here, Pam, do these motions. This scripture for tonight, specifically the preceding scripture, the verse 5, talks about something that I sang in a children's song so many times and have only recently come to read and sort of understand what it means and how it can inspire me and inform life in some ways for me. This song is one you probably know. It's about the vine and the branches. He's the vine, we're the branches. His banner over me is love. Now, I'm not going to like do my whole breakdance version of that, but it was so expressive. Think about that. He's the vine and we're the branches. We're not just pointing upward, we're also outward because we're not down here by ourselves. Such an inspiring thought that as we look around, we realize that we are not bearing fruit alone. We are not learning and struggling and journeying alone. It's with these other folks who are involved in this branch situation. I recently read in a Bible study, and, and I will confess, I took no biblical languages as any part of my formal schooling. But there was an interesting note in our study where we were learning about names for God. The author, Melissa Spolstra, talked about how, actually she wrote about, how Yahweh Nessie, I may or may not be pronouncing that correctly, referred to the banner, the banner of God. She traced back to the Old Testament and talked about how Moses carried a staff, how that was very important as he needed water for the Israelites, as he needed to hold that up when they were in battle, and that signified God's presence with them, that banner. I was sort of thinking it was maybe in some ways like a standard that you might see in, in, on a boat or that goes out in front of a royal party in countries where they have things like kings and queens. It's more important than that, though, as I was reading, that that banner meant more than just this is who we are. It really meant this is whose we are. This is a sign of God's presence with us, a sign of God being with us. We are God's people. We believe this, and this we carry as our banner. So I got to thinking about, what does that mean for me, this banner? We talked about it in our study, actually. What are some symbols of God's presence in our life, for our group, for ourselves? 
We talked about the cross. It had just been Easter when we were reading this. We talked about how people draw symbols and about the stained glass in different places depicting things that inspire us and that remind us of God's presence with us. And then I started thinking about the song. The banner over me is love. As Jesus is the Word made flesh, and then we read in 1 John 4, 7, and 8, Beloved, let us love one another, for God is love. That presence, that symbol of God's presence with us, that love. And I thought, if that is something that can help me to be God's presence better and more deeply, if that can help me bear the fruit of Christ in a more real way, then that is certainly something I want to remember, I want to be inspired by. You know, so many times we think about that fruit and we wonder what that means for us. We know that in the Bible when we read a fruit, a lot of times it was talking about grapes, might have been talking about other fruits, but these vines and branches would have been full of fruit that the people who were hearing these words would have known automatically. You know, we get a little confused about fruit sometimes. I mean, there's commercials where if you eat a certain kind of candy, your head turns into fruit. There's all kinds of different things that we think of. But if we want to be people who bear the fruit of being servants who are in love with God every day, then I think that banner that inspires me every day is love. A quote from Adam Hamilton, Half-Truth. For me, the most important lens for interpreting Scripture is Jesus and those words from him. When a Scripture text seems inconsistent with anything Jesus says or the way he acts, and I have to choose between the two, I'll choose Jesus every time. John describes Jesus as God's word that became flesh. He is the definitive word of God. You know, I've never liked that expression, litmus test. I think I don't really understand it. I'm not a scientist. But if there is a test for me to determine how to respond in a situation, I certainly want to consider what Hamilton has said. How did Jesus live? How did Jesus love? As word became flesh, how is it that Jesus' life and ministry determines, helps me see, guides my path every day? So as I remember that children's song, and I do actually even sing a good bit, even though perhaps I don't have the best voice, but I can bring those motions. And that helps me remember when it may be hard to forget sometimes, when the world is swirling and confusing, when there's grief, when there's loss, when there's loneliness, that God's abiding love is with me. And because of that, because that is a banner that I carry, that I'm to bring that to others in the name of God. Amen.
The Lord be with you. Also with you. Lift up your hearts. Lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. blessed is your son Jesus Christ by the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection you gave birth to your church you delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the spirit on the night in which he gave himself up for us he took bread gave thanks he blessed it he broke it gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, he gave thanks to you, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is, this is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink it as often as you will, in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Christ, the bread of heaven, 
partake, eat. Do this in remembrance of him. The cup of Christ poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Drink always in remembrance of him. As we say each time we gather at this table, this is the table of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This table does not belong to First United Methodist Church or to the United Methodist Church because it is the table of Christ's grace which is available to all who are here. Come, taste and see that the Lord is good.